Christians care so much about the return of Jesus, we need to care how that happens. And if we need to care how that happens, then we need to go back to the Hebrew scriptures where God told Israel, here's what's going to happen and why. Welcome to A Jew and a Gentile Discuss. I'm your co-host, Carly Berna. And I'm Ezra Benjamin. We're a Jew and a Gentile who both believe in Jesus and believe that there's value in looking at history as well as today's world in the headlines through both a Jewish and a Christian lens. Just a heads up before we dive into our topic today, Carly, you know, A Jew and a Gentile Discuss is listener supported and we want to give you, our listeners, an opportunity at the end of this program to get more involved. So stay tuned for those details. Let's discuss. Ezra, I'm actually really excited about this podcast because we're going to be talking about the end times. And if everyone, if everyone stay tuned, I know you're going to share the exact date and time that Jesus is coming back. Totally. Get your planners out. I'm on it. But that's really what people are looking for when they're thinking end times. And we've been having this discussion because on October 7th, when everything started happening with Israel, all these Christians and people around the world are saying, is this the end times? Which I think is so interesting because to me, as a Christian, the end times is either something extremely vague that I have no details about Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. or extremely detailed, but I have so much information I can't understand it. So I know that something's going to happen in the end times. It involves Israel. And so therefore, every time something happens with Israel, we seem to think that we're in the end times. Sure. And we're going to do a subsequent episode, right, on what will befall Israel. And when we say Israel, we can talk about what what will happen in the physical land of Israel, but also Am Israel, the people of Israel, Jewish people, all around the world between now and the return of the Messiah, who you and I believe is Jesus, Yeshua. So we'll talk about that and we'll get into those details another time, but- what we're going to try to deal with today is, is the end times as a concept, a Christian idea that Jesus showed up and started teaching on and invented in zero AD, right? Like mm-hmm. end times is Christian because Jesus is coming back and Jesus is the God of the Christians, right? Yeah. Therefore, it's a Christian conversation and the Jewish community rolls their eyes and the Christians misunderstand, or is it actually a Jewish thing? So, but just to to pick up on what you said, you know, so many people, Carly, wrote to us, wrote to friends of ours at Jewish Voice, right, uh, wrote into the podcast right after October 7th and said, is this the end, right? right? And you're seeing things on Christian television and articles, even in the mainstream media, right? Mm-hmm. Like some of this language, like, is this Armageddon or is this, you know, the tribulation? And we don't you know, what are we even talking about? More on that yeah. in another episode. But why, I think, one, why did people say that? So what about October 7th pushed the end times buttons for us? Mm -hmm. So to name a couple things, trouble in the Middle East, right? Trouble involving Israel, um, attack against Jewish people, right? It's these things that we couldn't necessarily even talk about the verses or the address, but somehow we associate persecution of Jewish people or great difficult times for Jewish people Mm -hmm. as part of the end times. Mm -hmm. We know there's going to be some battle in Israel. Right. And I'll tell you, I mean, I didn't I I guess I would have used the language and still will use the language. October 7th was like a contraction before the beginning of birth pains in terms Mm -hmm. of if I had to put it on what happened and the scope of what we see in the scriptures needs to happen. But I remember a few days after October 7th, like Hezbollah stands up and Hamas stands up and then Syrians and the Turks were on board and all these groups start announcing 
a day to liberate Jerusalem, right? Like this is going to be, okay, we've got Israel in a weak spot. Now's our chance, Arab world. Now's our chance, Muslim jihadist groups, you know, special interest groups around the world. March on Jerusalem, take it back, claim it for the glory of Allah. And I was like, oh, well, this is this is certainly symptomatic, right? This idea of this concerted rush on Jerusalem, right? We know there's something having to do with Jerusalem and some great battle in and around Jerusalem. It's religiously motivated. There's spiritual light. There's spiritual darkness. That's an end times idea too. We saw nations stand up and say, we stand with Israel. We saw other nations come out of the woodwork like Turkey, who was trying to play nice in the sandbox with Israel. And days after October 7th, stands up and basically says, we are not for Israel. We refuse to call Hamas terrorists, we don't condemn the attacks, da, 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 right? So that idea of all the nations of the world gathered together against Israel and Jerusalem, right? Like that's an end times thing that we sort of have in our end times bucket. And that button was pushed in uh, in and around October 7th. So that started all this conversation of like, oh, I smell the smoke. Is there fire? Yeah. I think I smell smoke. Uh, and that's why people were asking, is this the end times? But it's all with kind of these limited understanding that we have. And really, it was predominantly the Christian community asking that question, right? Mm -hmm. Very few Jewish leaders stood up and said, is this the end, yeah. right? Because we don't even really use that language in the Jewish community much. Mm -hmm. uh, and the Jewish community has agreed with the Christian community that this idea of like, the return of the Messiah, right? The Jewish people believe that one day there will be a Messiah, but that he would have come and come again. In how we understand it, totally Christian idea. Totally, that's an invention of the Christians. We don't see that in the scriptures, or at least we think we don't. But the Jewish community has agreed with the Christians that this whole idea of the tribulation and things are going to get tough, that's really a Christian concept that we're not yeah. going to concern ourselves about. We're about the Messiah coming, the Mashiach one day to bring salvation to Israel and to rule and reign from Jerusalem and to bring peace on earth. That's Jewish. But the whole idea of things getting really tough, uh, leave that to the Christians. Well, it makes sense that it's a Christian idea because to me, when I think of the end times, I think right. of Revelation, totally. which is not in the Hebrew Bible. Right. But are there other places in the Bible that actually talk about the end times? Right. So I think there are, but let's let's talk about the, I, I was about to say, and I'm catching myself, the Christian side of the equation. Let me back up because that's how our audience may say, yeah, 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 the Christian side. Let's talk about, let's use different language. The teachings of Jesus, of Yeshua yeah. related to the end times. So, right, like we can all think of there will be two women, you know, grinding at a, at a flour mill, you know, and one's going to be taken and the other left. And we think of passages that say you should pray that your flight won't be in winter or on the Shabbat and that you're not nursing a baby because it's going to be really hard when you suddenly have to leave Jerusalem and Judea, right? We know that passage. And we know passages that say, look at the fig tree. And when you see the leaves come forward, you know, summer is near. So when you see these things, right, and some of the, these things are persecution of believers, trouble in Israel, wars, rumor of wars, yeah. earthquakes. Jesus in his own teaching names all of these things. And so that's where in the Christian community we build this idea of end times. But I think where we misstep, and maybe we haven't actually even thought about this, but we do it without thinking about it, is we've concluded, and then we work it backwards, that the whole end times theology, everything about the end times, first shows up on the scene when Jesus, right, invents his new religion called Christianity and becomes its first follower and says, by the way, there has to be an end times, mm -hmm. right? Like, that. where do we find out about the end times? Well, let's start in Matthew, Yeah, yeah. Matthew 25. 
And I want to challenge us to think again. And I'm speaking to a Jewish audience. I'm speaking to a Christian audience here because the idea of the end times and how early it shows up may actually blow us away. And we'll contend in the few minutes we have in this kind of abbreviated podcast episode that it's actually a Jewish concept and that Jesus didn't establish something new. He fulfilled something old. Mm -hmm. He said, you know, this idea that you have of, in Hebrew, the phrase is acharit hayamim. And acharit is also used in a verse we all know well, even if we don't know the address, right? For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, right? Mm -hmm. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and What's the word in the English? And a future. And it's actually a certain expected end that I've already worked out. The word in Hebrew for that is acharit. Lots of phlegm. I don't have a phlegm guard, so I'm saying it kind of quietly here on this episode. But acharit. And so in Hebrew, uh, yamim, yom is a day. So yamim is days. It's the plural. So acharit hayamim is the certain expected end of days. Literally, the last days. And not just the days that happen to be the end, but the end of days that God and his providence has already worked out. And it shows up in Genesis. We don't have to wait till Revelation. Yeah, you you told me that last week and I was completely right. shocked because I had right. no idea that we talk about the end times in Genesis. Totally. So here, let me flip real quickly. It's in Genesis 49. Jacob, at the end of his life, calls his sons, right? So these are the 12 tribes of Jacob, right? The 12 tribes of Israel, mm -hmm. which continue throughout history as it is today. And it says, then Jacob called for his sons. He's about to die, all right? And he has this kind of prophetic moment. And this is what it says in verse 1. He says, gather around so I can tell you what will happen to you. And in this particular copy of the Bible, like so many versions, it says, in the days to come. Right. And we go, OK, that's like next week. Right. Maybe a generation from now, 100 years. But in the Hebrew here, it actually says, gather around so that I can tell you what will happen to you in the Acharit Hayamim. It's one of the first places in the scriptures that we see the phrase the end of days, the expected, predetermined end of days. So Jacob is, in essence, prophesying. In this whole passage, he talks about you're going to go into Egypt for 400 years, bring my bones down because God's going to bring you back out of the place he allowed you to go into, and you're going to carry my bones out when you get back to the promised land, right? So it's this whole, like, prophetic moment. He has this insider knowledge from the Lord, but then he goes on to talk about these times of great trouble and how the Lord, in his mercy and his goodness, would keep his promises to the sons of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to the Jewish people, and he would deliver them over and over again. But he says, I'm going to tell you what has to happen, what is to come in the end of days. So we see it there. Mm -hmm. God says it again to Moses. We see it in Exodus, this idea of the, the, the end of days. We see it again here. I wrote it down in Deuteronomy 4, verses 27 to 30, and then Deuteronomy 31, verse 29, right? And it's this idea of the song of Moses. And what is the song of Moses? Yeah. So the song of Moses is actually very close to the end of the Torah. The, you know, Deuteronomy is 34 verses and the Song of Moses is chapter 32. When I say Torah, I'm talking about the first five books of the Bible, Jewish Bible, Christian Bible. In this case, there's no difference, yeah. right? And it ends 
with Moses, just like Jacob was about to die, and he says, let me tell you what's about to happen to you in the Acharitayamim, in the last days. Now Moses, hundreds and hundreds of years later, is about to die. Remember, he struck the rock instead of speaking to it, so he's banned from going into the promised land. Joshua's going to take them into the land God promised to their fathers, and Moses is about to die on the top of the mountain. But again, he says, hey, let's review our history. And then he says, I want to teach you. In fact, I'm commanding you to teach your children. And this passage, Carly, is like completely overlooked in the Jewish community. But it says to end the Torah, our holy book as a people, Mm -hmm. teach this song to your children and memorize it and learn how to sing it. And he says this in verse 29 of, of chapter 31 of Deuteronomy. For I, Moses, know that after my death, you are surely to become completely corrupt and to turn away from the way I have commanded you. In the last days, in the Acharit Hayamim, disaster will fall on you because you'll do evil in the sight of the Lord and arouse his anger by what your hands have made. And then Moses recited the words of the song of Moses from beginning to end in the hearing of the whole assembly. And it goes on, and there's this song that actually, and this is kind of, as we think about October 7th, as we talk, as we prepare this is really kind of like a pre-episode for the next one. So teaser, you should listen to the next episode mm-hmm. on specifically what the scriptures have to say about what has to befall Israel and the Jewish people before the return of the Lord. But this, this song that the Jewish people are actually commanded by Moses to learn and memorize talks about God being glorious, him establishing Israel as a people, Israel turning away from his glory and stubborn-hearted, stiff-necked disobedience and faithlessness. God allowing the nations to come against us for a moment in his momentary anger to punish us for our evil that we've done in his eyes and our disobedience and our lack of faith. He allows the nations to come. In essence, he summons them to come because we have to be disciplined. We can't Mm -hmm. do it the easy way, so he'll do it the hard way. But then it ends and it says that the nations overstep the bounds that the Lord would allow, right? Nations discipline my firstborn. And the nations say, oh, we'll discipline him, and then we'll punish him, and then we'll beat him, and then we'll torture him because we hate him, Mm -hmm. because we hate the things of the Lord, so we hate his chosen people. And the song of Moses ends with God judging the nations who overstepped their bounds in his just judgment on the Jewish people, on the the nation of Israel, for our own disobedience, right? I'm thinking of like Romans 11 that Mm -hmm. we've talked about in other passages, right? This idea of in the manifold wisdom of God. He's bound Israel over to disobedience, and he's allowed us to be punished in his momentary anger, but it says, though his anger lasts for a moment, his favor and his election last forever, unto a thousand generations of those who love him. So the nations are allowed to come against Israel, but they go too far. They're demonically inspired in an anti-Semitic hatred to go too far, so God punishes them. And at the end of the day, nobody, Israel or the nations, get to say, I didn't know, I had no choice, and God wasn't just in his judgment. He's working it all out. Why aren't more Christians talking about this passage? I think so often uh, we take two-thirds of this book, Carly, in the Christian world, and we pull the verses like Jeremiah 29, 11. Yeah. I know the plans I have for you out that we want to emphasize a point we're making in the last third of the book, and that's really all the use we have. Or we read it as a historic book which can benefit us, right? It's all the Bible. The Bible's good, but really a historic book about the Jewish people. And then the real action starts in Matthew Mm one. But yet, if we really want to be students of the word, we have to take things like forever and say it's forever. 
And we have to take words God says in the Old Testament like everlasting in all generations and treat it as such. And then we have to engage with this phrase, aharitayamim, because the last days haven't happened yet, right? Like, is, is Jesus right now on a throne in Jerusalem ruling and reigning? I mean, you maybe looked at the news later than I did this morning. <laughs> no. No. Okay, good, good. And we're on the same page. Yeah. So if that's not happened, then we're still approaching and not yet fully in what God said to Jacob and what he said to Moses and what he said to Isaiah and Jeremiah and other passages we could quote, we're not yet in the fullness of the Aharit HaYamim. So if Christians care so much about the return of Jesus, we need to care how that happens. And if we need to care how that happens, then we need to go back to the Hebrew scriptures where God told Israel, here's what's going to happen and why. Mm -hmm. So actually, the last days as a concept is primarily a Jewish concept. And the great and, and Jesus in explaining how it's going to look isn't inventing a new idea. He's speaking to Jewish men and women about what exactly the prophets had said that they had not understood, either because it was over their heads or because they were blinded with unbelief. And he mm -hmm. says, here's how it's going to look in the last days. What was the verse of the Song of Moses again? Sure. I just... it's, it's the entirety of chapter 32 of okay. Deuteronomy. Okay. So it's, I mean, interestingly, like, right, we can barely in our, in our app driven society, I don't even know my phone number anymore. Right. Like, but God's saying, remember, yeah. actually memorize, because we have to remember back in the day, there was no printed copy of the Bible. There yeah. were scrolls, maybe one or two per community. And the way that people learned the scriptures from little, you know, little boys and girls age onward was they actually heard it and they didn't just hear it. It was sung. Mm -hmm. So there was actually a melody back in the day love to know what it was. Maybe maybe somebody in the Jewish community, as we approach the return of the Lord, the days of the Messiah, will actually put a melody to this again. Because it says, in every generation, teach this to your children and memorize it. In essence, this is both, this is both an indictment against the Jewish people, the Song of Moses, and it's a promise that God would not allow his discipline on us to be overextended, and he would punish those who try to punish us. It's all in there. And is this song used in Jewish traditions? Like, Absolutely not. Really? Okay. So it's when you said teach it to your children, it's not like part of, you know, Rosh Hashanah or as some To my holiday. knowledge, I mean, maybe in ultra-Orthodox yeah. circles where there's a deep commitment to like the entirety of the Torah, they're yeah. engaging with this. And remember, the Jewish community goes through the entire Torah once a year on repeat, yeah. right? Like yeah, rinse yeah. and repeat. So. This is actually the second to last or the last parasha portion, weekly portion of the scriptures that's read. And because the calendar resets around Sukkot, Feast of Tabernacles, this passage, this, this indictment of Israel for our sin, but a promise of judgment on the nations who judge us and of mercy in the end is actually read right around the time of the Day of Atonement mm. of Yom Kippur on the Jewish calendar. Isn't that interesting? So Every year we're reading it, but we don't memorize it. It's interesting to me that we started this by saying that Jews believe that the end times is a Christian idea, right. but really the end times is a Jewish idea that they just don't recognize right. in their own Bible. Right. That Christians, remember wild branches, more on that in our other episode on grafted in, wild branches grafted into the olive tree, naming themselves by the name of the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, will experience that same persecution, that same misunderstanding, the same ridicule. Even, you know, we see in the first century, people were beheaded, delimbed, tortured for the name of the Lord. And those weren't just Jewish believers, they were Gentile believers. Actually, the majority of those who were tortured in the first few centuries were not part of the people of Israel, that remnant mm -hmm. of Israel. Well, what's going on there? If you're grafted into the promises, then you're grafted into the difficulties as well. Mm -hmm. But that's the idea, that it's originally a Jewish concept 
which the Jewish community has lost hold of. And I think, you know, in terms of Christians listening, going, okay, I agree, it's rooted in the Old Testament. What does that have to do with me? And what does that have to do with maybe, you know, the Jewish person I'm in relationship with? As things like October 7th happen. And again, I think October 7th is like a small contraction on the path to the birth pangs that Jesus talks about very clearly preceding his return, right? And this idea of a tribulation in the last days and the Antichrist on earth uh, in in a demonically inspired persecution of believers. Um, Christians need to understand that they're grafted into the same story. And so while the roots of it are Jewish, Jewish people, as times get tougher for the Jewish people, as things happen in Israel, as you know, there will be more October 7th, I'm sorry to say. Mm-hmm. You know, we pray not, but we know it's going to be difficult for the Jewish people. And we'll talk about that in the next episode. Christians should understand and be prepared to engage with the Jewish audience who's going, I don't know what's going on here. And to be able to say, you know what? In your scriptures, I see God talks about times of trouble for you and for uh, for me because I'm joined together with you. I believe in the God of Israel too. Mm-hmm. But he also promises he's going to deliver us out of them. Yeah. What a hopeful message in the face of just confusion and dismay about what the heck is going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if you listen to a couple of episodes ago, we talk about how we handle these issues as right. Christians and all of the violence going on and what does that mean for us. So go back and listen to that one. I think the title is Israel 111 Days and Counting. Sure. But stay tuned for the, our next episode because we're going to dive into the Israel, what happened on October 7th what that means for the end times, if if there's any biblical prophecy that aligns with what's happening right now and hopefully answer all of those questions. Absolutely. If you benefited from what you heard today and want to benefit others, we support over 80 ministries in Israel right now. And if you do feel led to give in a financial way, 100% of what you give through us goes to those ministries on the ground. We've just committed an additional million dollars to partner ministries we stand with in Israel this year alone. So if you don't know where to give, we're able to take your gift and get it directly to our ministry partners in Israel. Please go to a Jew and a Gentile discuss.org to give today. And if you want to hear more episodes, subscribe to this podcast wherever you get your podcast content. And we'd also love if you leave us a review and share this podcast with someone you know. And if you're not ready to become a supporter today, just let us know that you listen. You can go to our website at Jew and a Gentile discuss.org or click in the show notes for more information. You can also follow us on social media at the handle a Jew and a Gentile discuss. And if there's anything you want us to discuss or have us answer, please submit your questions at our website, ajewandagentiledisgust.org. This is Carly and Ezra. Thanks for listening to A Jew and a Gentile Discuss. Join us next week for another episode. This show is a production of Jewish Voice Ministries International.